All right. So, um, so I want to take a minute to, uh, to debrief uh, with you and to get some comments. Uh, it, it sparked much uh, conversation uh, already. Um, the first thing uh, before uh, I just ask you for some feedback and some things that you saw that you want to share with the group, um, that uh, this is not to be judgmental, right? The point of this is not to like make you feel a particular way. It really is just for you to think about like a, a typical week and the things that I'm engaging in. Uh, and so as much as we can be, um, as much as we can be kind of uh, general in our thought process as it relates to, um, oh, what am I trying to say? Like being not judgmental about ourselves. Hey, this is, this is how much time I'm sleeping, this is how much time I'm working, I'm doing this. We don't need to, it doesn't need to mean anything, right? It's just kind of writing down the facts, but then we need to interpret those facts and to say, okay, how can I, if this is what's here, then what do I do with this information, okay? And so what I would like to do is just start with a short discussion, just popcorn, anybody that wants to share just some things that came to mind. Again, really anything uh, is uh, just things that you notice, things that stood out, just things that you want to continue thinking about, really just react to all the thoughts that you had uh, as you were just doing this exercise for a little bit. Brian. This is probably just me, but I spend too much time on social media. And <laughs> really? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everybody judge Brian. It's like, wow, I gotta check that social media thing out or my phone, I gotta get one of those. I just got, I've got too much time unaccounted for that I need to use better. Let's let me get, let me get a phone. All right. Somebody else. Yeah. It's like work and sleep take up almost two thirds of life. There just isn't a whole lot of time after that. Okay. All right. What is, what was your hour total? Like if you picked one in here, what was your hour total left over? So this is like, hey, sleep's taken off the board, work's taken off the board. You know, what was? 60 hours. 60, okay. So that, these were meant for you to pick one. Like, okay, that's probably me here. That's probably me here. And then like, so what else do I have left? And then you're kind of dividing up the time. You know, you can write in sleep, write in work, and then that helps you. So somebody else, all right? A lot of time sleeping and working. Okay, all right. I realize compared to like when I was in school, I had like no time for like entertainment or anything like yeah. that. And now that time is like high. Yeah. And my personal ministry time is like almost, it is non-existent. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's why I wrote, I feel disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I right now? Sad face. All right. Other thoughts? I feel like I treated that bottom section about like before the pandemic, after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I kind of viewed it more as before I graduated college and after I graduated college because I felt like I was in the same boat where when I was in college ministry, I had all of this extra time that I was devoting towards fellowship with the other people in college ministry. But now that I'm an adult, that doesn't really happen as much. Yeah. It's like life work actually needing to sleep yep and that i noticed was like yeah that's that's things have shifted and it's not 
it's good to notice it, but at the same time, like, gosh, it's so easily fixed. It's just you actually have to do the change yourself. Yep. You have that discipline. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Raise your hand if you ended up with negative hours. <laughs> well, we have a separate session for you guys. <laughs> it's a clock. We're just going to talk about how a clock works. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. When I was assessing my time, yep. I was like, okay, do I really spend 30 hours on homework like I should? Uh, right. Am I really spending this much time on my GA? Uh, you know? Right. Um, so that was like a reality check that this is not my reality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a good word. Welcome. All right, a couple more. Yeah. And, and trying to also devote some of that time to get my mind right for the yeah. day and yeah. you know, kind of multitask to knock things out like coming to and from work. Yeah, great. All right. Yeah. I noticed my ministry time was a lot lower, kind of like what you were saying, than it was in college. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of discouraging because you don't really know how to, because you're just not in that long season anymore. Yeah. So it's like how do you adapt and not yep. be like shameful about it, but it's still yeah. good Yep. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Can you pass that back? All right, a couple more. Keep them coming. Y'all have lots of thoughts. Share them. It's helpful. All right. Yep. Yep. The game, yeah. Like it's the best time, so it's just like trying to find the balance between like, okay, am I ready to go back into like ministry stuff or do I need to, you know, try to find that balance. Yeah. So. All right, one more. I stayed about 70 hours a week and it's a little resting. Yeah. <laughs> so how many, uh, how many of you had kind of, um, and don't everyone else judge if there's anybody that raised their hand, but how many of you had like a significant amount of, of what I might call, um, what the sheet calls unaccounted time for? It's not that you're not doing anything, but it's not planned out. Whereas some of you, right, are like super type A, where like every second is, you know, planned out. And so you got negative time on the, on the sheet. So, um, all right. So then, uh, so first off, uh, before we move forward, I want you to circle... Um, a couple of what we'll call them opportunities in your time, right? I want you to circle them, right? So let's say, I don't know, Brian was talking about spending a lot of time on our phone that's non-productive. There is good phone time. Calling grandma, checking on people, you know, like there's, there's good phone time. There's good internet time. I look up, you know, I can't remember that verse is Google is quicker than like some of my search things in my Bible, right? Um, there's bad internet time. <laughs> right? So we, it's not all created equal, 
But on a couple of those categories, uh, circle, and what that means is I need to think through this differently than I am right now. Okay? There's some opportunity here. Like, uh, so for Terry, it, so he, he voiced that very well. Hey, I've got four hours. I didn't actually understand I do. How do I spend that time? Do I need to fill it or do I need to not, right? If I need to fill it, what? With, okay? So, so pick two or three times. Um, you know, if we spend 25 hours on personal hygiene a week, you know, we appreciate it. Like, thank you. <laughs> but if we could dial that back, you know, a couple notches, uh, you can think about that. Um, it's, a, you know, it's an exaggeration, maybe. <laughs> if it's too little, you know, <laughs> then help, help a brother out, you know. <laughs> we'll intervene with you. I think you spend too little time with personal <laughs> for an American. <laughs> America has certain standards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. All right, second thing, one debrief real quick on the back sheet. So I'd love to, um, a couple people that haven't, a couple people that hadn't talked, let's turn the sheet over and maybe get two people just to share um, from something you wrote down, uh, we'll start at the top. Um, anybody anybody um, kind of struggling with the rocking chair mentality uh, and want to just share um, anything that they wrote down uh, about that? I kind of put, uh, when I start something new, I tend to be a little timid. Okay. Due to, uh, mainly just fear of messing up yeah. and making a fool of myself. Okay. Uh, so, you know, when I tend to do something new, I try and find someone who's like the expert in the yeah. field and, you know, kind of model after them and yeah. uh, before I just jump in. Okay. Um, but also at the same time, I'm not a fan of like undecisiveness, you know, like I don't okay. like sitting in a room when people are trying to make a decision and everybody's yeah. just staring at each other, you know, I, yeah. I, I like action, but that's also sometimes leads to problems because we kind yeah. of jump into things without fully thinking them through. Yeah, okay. Being reserved kind of makes it difficult to engage first off. Okay. So you just wait for somebody to break the ice. Okay. So this one is, so like that, that's, that's right on board. More of the thought of this one is, uh, so, so something happened a couple years ago that's kind of changed how we, how we live life, you know, and, we're, we're, we're different, you know, we, we had different habits. Um, and so you may have seen that some of your friends, like uh, some people have a hard time just like re-engaging in things that are meaningful. Like they've just, they make other decisions besides engaging in things that they need to. Uh, and so, so if that is something where you're reluctant to engage for out of fear, right? Or out of, um, or out of uh, inadequacy or whatever, it's, you know, you know, where, where is that coming from, right? Like that's, that's kind of what that question is probing for. All right, so let's, um, so anybody else have anything to add on that one? That mentality? All right, what about climbing the wrong ladder? Anybody want to share about that? 
They're like, I don't want to tell on myself. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, is that yielding good stuff? So far, yes. Okay. So, um, so as we're doing, we're getting it just assessing. It's, it can be fine, right? Am I, is that all the ladder I'm climbing? What is it yielding me? Is that okay? Um, all right. Somebody else. What ladders are we climbing? Yeah, Philip. Oh, you're next. Go ahead, Philip. Uh, the, the corporate ladder. Yeah. Okay. Attached to the hip of his, it's a bit a little bit different than financial life. Okay. All right. What are they yielding? It's like the higher you get up, the more scarcity mindset I have. Uh -huh. It's never enough. Right. It's the complete opposite. Yep. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. And that's something that you have to go back to. You can't just check that box and then sometimes you gotta look back down and say, okay, what what is it standing on? Yeah. Or I would say more of uh more of the general problem is I've got you know, more than one ladder up and I'm trying to climb and jump to the other one and um and is 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 uh Jesus one of the ladders? <laughs> I think it's over there. It it needs to be washed off. Um all right, dabbling at forty things. The most American of us. I feel like that one can make you go to the rocking chair mentality. Yep. Because that's why, like, when I first saw the rocking chair, I was like, oh, that might be me. And then I was like, no, that's definitely me. But, but I want the rocking chair. Me, like, <laughs> yeah. Because I over-dabble. Yep. Yes. Yeah. That was what my thought was. Like, I over-dabble during the week. Because between work and other things that I've, like, prioritized, by the time I got to... Figuring out whatever like time I had, I had no time for the social activities, no time for outings, none of that because everything else had already been taken. I was like, honestly, that's really true because I've gotten so used to just kind of keeping up with people yep. through social media that I'm just kind of. Why do I need to talk to them? Yeah, I see what they're doing. I can just yeah. text them real quick. I don't need to go meet people. But it's I've become so used to sitting in the rocking chair that it's kind of like I knew last year that I was not engaging with my people. Yep. And it's something that I knew I needed to change. And so <laughs> trying to narrow down the dabbling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can kind of relate to that on like a different level. For me, I dabble in terms of so many things because yep. of like stability and such. Because I'm yep. like, okay, well this is stable and this is so let's just dabble in that. And then when it comes to rocking chair, I oftentimes overthink like, okay, am I even ready to get into this new thing? Yep. Yeah. Anybody? Yes. Amen. Yes. Care. Yes. Very descriptive. <laughs> All right. So, um, yep.
general. Yeah. Um, everything else except for what I want to do. Yeah. And so I'll be juggling since I work at the hospital 40 hours a week and then I work for myself 20 hours a week. Right. And then I try to fit everything in like sprinkles. Yeah. I have no time to do anything else. Yep. And uh, I've learned, I've, I've seen that. That's why my, my, uh, all my social stuff are at zero. Yeah. So is anybody, um, their parents or their, like, had a contractor work on their house? The person's pretty unreliable, yes? Yeah. <laughs> Why? They have too many projects that they're working on, so they're literally just going to the one that winds the most, right, which is how we live our lives too often, right? I go to the squeaky wheel, the thing that needs attention. It's about to boil over, right? I've got too many things going on. All right, so, um, so what we're going to talk about the rest of the time is this idea of having a rule of life, that you are living intentionally, that you have made decisions about how you're going to live, right? And that life is going to yield specific results, okay? Right now, you have a rule of life. You just don't know what it is. Amen? <laughs> You have a certain way of living, you have habits, you have ways that you think about your time, right? You have a rule of life now. It's just not very good, right? It's not yielding what you want, yes, right? I'm just doing the best I can, man. You know, get off my back. But what if you're like, if you're like me, when I get to the end of the day and I'm exhausted, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do next, right? That's not how God has uh, designed you to live, okay? And so um, you may have heard me share this. This is actually a business maxim, but it's going to, uh, that's where it's the most often used, but it absolutely applies um, to Scripture. In Galatians, it talks about the law of sowing. Sow to the Spirit, reap to the Spirit, right? So if I, if I plant, right, to spiritual things, I harvest spiritual things. If I plant, right, to the flesh, I reap to the flesh. Meaning if I, uh, if I do my gardening <laughs> and my farming in the world, then I'm going to reap the world, right? And so the maxim is your life is perfectly set up to get the results that you're getting right now. Do I need to write that down or can you write that down or put it in your notes? My life is perfectly set up to get the results that I'm getting. Anybody disagree with that? <laughs> your life is perfectly curated to make you anxious. Your life is perfectly curated to make you exhausted. Your life is perfectly curated so that you don't feel like you know what you're doing. Your life is perfectly curated to not uh, get the support that you need, to get the sleep that you need. But you can't, it can also be perfectly curated to create and change We'll talk about that. So, so this isn't necessarily negative, okay? All right. So I don't want you to like, oh, I'm just the worst at absolutely everything. So the analogy I would give, and uh, forgive me, I used to um, tutor math uh, for a little bit in middle school math, okay? So I can't, I can't do anything past like geometry, <laughs> all right? Um, is so often, and then I, and so see if you resonate with this. So often in our lives, something things aren't going right. 
air quotes, okay? And we just kind of self-flagellate. I'm the worst. I, I'm, this is happening again. Oh my goodness, right? We go into this mode. And yet, like a math problem, like a kid that's like, I'm so stupid, I can't get this right. Four plus seven, you know? <laughs> or they're trying to work out something with an X in it. And they just keep getting it wrong. The issue, right, is not that somebody is uh, unable or inadequate, right? The issue is it's like this one little thing. I would work out the thing. What's the thing you don't understand? Well, understand that, understand that, understand that, understand that. I don't understand that. This is the thing that we got to fix. You're not stupid. You don't understand this. And it's throwing everything off. Does anybody else resonate with that? How we, we beat ourselves up about the thing that we can't do, and yet we don't look into kind of the work, show my work, <laughs> and find the areas, right, that are the real problem, the things that I'm continue, that are kind of mucking it up, uh, if you will. All right, so here's a couple quick questions, and we're going to dive in. Whether we believe, uh, what we believe about eternity is really important, okay? Do you believe that eternity is life, like life continuing, right? Or do you think of eternity as vacation? Do you think about eternity as life or vacation? See, why I think without thinking about it, why a lot of us think that um, eternity is about a vacation is how we talk about it, how we think about it. Right? If I can just get to the weekend. If I can just, if I can just, if I can just, right? Anybody, if I can just this week? And what that, what that is showing in our heart as our expectation is there will be a time where I don't have to struggle like this, where I don't have to work, where I don't have to do. And it shows us our relationship with, right, what... Uh, with like the world we live in. We don't like it. We just want to do nothing, <laughs> right? That's why we have this, this perception of heaven endures, right? It's, it's literally me and a lazy boy, somebody giving me snacks of my choice, right? And watching on an endless loop, whatever I want to watch, okay? Whatever your view of heaven is, whatever the best day of wasting your time would look like, where I don't have to do anything, right, perpetuates, because what heaven looks like, what eternity looks like, right, affects what, how we view life now. If we, if we have the mentality, and we don't have it all the time, but it creeps in, right, I'm just literally trying to get through the day, amen? But the Bible paints a really different picture about eternity, just like, as hopefully y'all started to see, that he uh, pictures how life was with him uh, when we started, right? It's life. It's regular life. There's work. You dig in the dirt. You plant seeds. Stuff grows. You got to trim trees, <laughs> right? You got to, uh, got to tend and make more fruitful. So, so if, the, if the Bible's version of reality is true, and we have to think about that, is what the Bible says is if, if it's true, then that's what the reality is, right? This is how the world works. This is what eternity is all about. And eternity is about life. 
And if eternity is about life, then are you prepared for that life? Right? It's not like stopping and then nothing. Right? If eternity is life with God, and that life is actual life, we eat, (laughs) we sleep, we do, then are we prepared for life? Are we prepared to begin living a life that will be able to be continued, to be perpetuated? This actually is the way that the Bible talks about eternal life. It says it's eternal type of life. That is the kind of idea here. Not heaven, not bark a lounger, not snacks. Right, but life as it has it should be with God. And so if that is eternity, right, if it's life, then are we prepared? Because God is saying that there, there's a, a way of living with him that there's going to be some times that will be hard. There's going to be some times that there may be some persecution. But overwhelmingly, right, it is characterized, right, as restful. Like, as, again, translate life as it's supposed to be. You've gotten glimpses of it. You've tasted it. That's why you keep going. You just aren't very good at it. <laughs> Amen. I did that was pretty cool. I, I like to do that. I can't get back, but I can't duplicate the problem. I got it right one time, right? But I don't know how to do it again. If eternity is vacation, then it doesn't matter. And so that's why it matters how we think about, right, the next thing. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 9 says this. This is... Um, famous passage about time. It says, There's an appointed time for everything. Is there time for every event under the sun? It's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. Time to keep and a time to throw away. Time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time of peace. What actually is so interesting about this is he says that there are times appointed for everything. And what's insinuated is there's discernment that I know what, the, what I need to be doing right now, right? Because sometimes we, like, we just dance. And I might come over and say, hey, Michael, it's not time for dancing right now. <laughs> so I would say most time that, that, that would characterize me as undiscerning. I'm just doing things. I don't really understand when each thing is supposed to be done. I can't discern like, what's going on around me. Children are like this. My son is like this. He has no discernment. son is that what we should be doing right now and so i think that we need to come to right the wisdom of solomon here from ecclesiastes is understand that like there is a discernment that needs to be had about how to live life right there's a time to plant and a time to uproot and god is saying hey here's a time where i need you to uproot this thing to dig around it to bring it up so do we want that discernment? For, for the insinuation also is that we can know it, that we can have that discernment. Amen? Awesome. All right. This is your penultimate handout. 
Anybody familiar with that word? It's a fun word to use. You don't get to use it very often. Huh? Second to last. It's the second to last. Penultimate. Okay. Well, there. Oh, yes. Sorry. Really? Yeah. Waiting more? All right, so here is, so here's where we're going with this. So this is just a little workbook, right in your, uh, right in your journal, right in a little workbook. You can just put it up there. Oh, we got one. And we still, and we still have pens, as well. You, you need one. Yeah. We have zero. Uh, somebody turn to Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2 for me. And uh, you can recite it and we'll all be impressed. Or we can just read it. Who's got it? Romans 12, 1 and 2. All right, go for it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay. So the idea expressed here, right, is that by virtue of who God is to you, right, and how well he has loved you, it is, it is your, uh, that uh, Paul sees it, right, as your reasonable act of service to say, Father, you know how to live life better than me, and I submit myself to you, right? I, I'm a living sacrifice. Do with me what you will, all right? So he says, part of this, then as I do that, then he beseeches us, right? He asks, he encourages us in the strongest way, right, to have our minds renewed. That means how you think right now, which is most of the barrier to change, okay? I need you to, I need you to be open, to receiving different instruction, and I need you to be open, right, to changing your thinking. How many of you think you're the smartest person in the room? No, like honestly, everyone raise your hand. Literally, everyone raise your hand. No, I'm serious. How many of you think you're the smartest person in the room? This is, this is just we do, okay? Right, that is our default, <laughs> is that we think we know what we're doing. All right, now, when you are emotionally distraught, do you feel the same way? <laughs> You're like, what was I thinking? I'm an idiot. I do not know how to do anything. <laughs> right? And we live, you know, between these, uh, we live between these continuums. So the last thing he says, though, is that if we will commit, right, to, to do the things that will renew our mind. It's not like we sit some time with something over our head and it just kind of scrambles things into a better system. But he says we need to... Uh, renew our minds, and what does that lead to? What does that last verse say? Somebody else read what the, the uh, 
the end of verse 2 says. So that you may discern what is the good, perfect, and pleasing of God. So Paul, so that is a kind of a throwaway line. All right, for most of us, if you've ever read that verse. The point of that is so that you will then move forward to be able to be discerning. In any situation, when I wake up in the middle of the door, I know what God wants me to do and how He wants me to do it. That sounds pretty great, right? The opposite of how we feel most mornings. Amen? So somebody recite for me um, Matthew 6.33. Okay, so wherever we're going uh, the, the, the today and the morning, uh, I want you to have those two verses in mind. They're ones you've read many times, but I need you maybe write them in your notebook and I need you to kind of highlight things because as we're talking, I need you that that be part of kind of your meditation. That truth, right, needs to kind of wash over you as often as it can. That he expects me to give myself to him. He expects my mind to be renewed. And he expects me to be able to discern his will. Is that reasonable? Right? And then from Matthew 6.33, what, what should be my priority? He says, you seek my kingdom and my righteousness. You seek the things that I value. You seek the things that my purpose is. And you do it in certain ways that I tell you are good. He does not a micromanager. And all the other things that you strive for and worry about, and mess with, I'll make sure that you have what you need. All right. So, here I've got a couple disclaimers uh, about what we're, we're looking at here. All this is, is a, a helpful way for you to get organized. Okay? In a way that's really helpful for you. And so the first thing I'm going to show you is the rule of life chart. So this actually is the last thing that we will do. Okay? Like you'll have some time to work on this and this isn't like you could, we kind of, if you're by yourself, you could do all this in one day. We're going to kind of give you some chunks to uh, mostly like 50% of it done. Not done, but like finished, right? You'll fill some of these things in, almost all of them in, but you may not like, I'd like a little more time to kind of firm it up. And the idea is, is like you're not, these are not goals, Okay. So when we're thinking about how I want to organize my life and the things that I need to include in my life, these are not goals, okay? What's good about goals and what's not awesome about goals? Some, some of you goal setters. If you're like, goals are awesome, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of an idea of something I'd like to do, okay? The rule of life here, we're not trying to set goals. We're trying to set commitments. All right? And the things, we're not trying to commit to more things. Okay? We're not trying to add to your 40 things that you dabble in to make it 45. Essentially, what these, this, these things are doing is you are making a plan to provide space in your life to do things that you know you need to do. Okay? And almost all of them are what we call... Um, disciplines of indirection it is a discipline of making space for God to do something. You understand? So we don't go to church because God's checking attendance. We gather with the body to give him the opportunity to speak into our lives, to lift up our hands in prayer and to be dealt with and things that we need to be dealt with in. Does that make sense? 
And almost all the things in which we engage with God in the practices, we think about it as homework. Whereas it needs you to think about creating space to like, you know what, I've got this afternoon or I've got this 20 minutes. What can I do to give me space so that God can reach me because at all other times my, my light is off. <laughs> I am not available to him. Does that make sense? So we are trying, our end goal here is to make commitments, not goals. Here's what I want to commit to so that God can form me in all the ways that he needs to. Does that make sense? Questions about that before I get into kind of the specifics. I'll keep explaining it over and over again, but that's really helpful. All right, so let's look at this chart. All right, so let's think about goals here. So goals are to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. As it relates to uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, and, uh, and um, Matthew 6, 33, and any other thing you read in the Bible, anybody got a problem with those goals? Pretty good? Okay. So we want to make a rule of life that, uh, that allows us to be with Jesus consistently. Okay. I'm not going to look like him if I don't spend time with him and I don't know what spending good time with him looks like. All right. I spend time with him, right, to become like him. That that is the goal of my life is to become like Jesus. We read lots of verses about that <laughs> yesterday. And as I become like him, I will do what he did. We can't just do what he does. That's what we do. We try to do what Jesus did without spending time with him and without becoming like him. If you'll actually focus on the first thing, the second thing will happen and the third thing will happen. There's a reason why all of us struggle when we went straight to the third thing. Our motives are wrong. We don't know what we're doing and we get burnt out. And the results are not that great. <laughs> all right, so goals. Feel good about that? The practices, okay, so these are the things that you need to pay attention to, all right? So let's say you're, uh, that you are doing a good job of, of being a good steward of your body, all right? That's great. Do that. But, not, but, but that's not the only thing that you have to take care of, okay? So body, great, check. But, but what about my relationships? What about my rest? What about how I'm using my work and money? What about the sharing the gospel and hospitality? Am I renewing my mind? Right? Am I abiding? Right? So those are the practices that you've got to find space for. Like, what am I doing? What are practices in those areas that, um, that I am making commitments to? All right? And then the rest of them are, again, making commitments to uh, let's just, again, just an example, abiding. So how am I going to structure my day so that I'm giving the Lord time for me and him to abide together? All right? And what am I committing to? All right, so let's say I'm committing to, um, you know, this, this next year, I'm, I want to go from zero to like two 15-minute periods, okay, where I am abiding with him every day. All right? So if, you ha if you're a person that has an awesome quiet time to... Uh, you know, uh, you know, twice a month, great. But like what would happen if I spent a little bit more time each day and that time was really like helpful, right? And really connecting. 
So let's say I do that, but maybe weekly I might spend 30 minutes in confession. Okay? And then like monthly I'm penciling in some time right to uh, like do uh, uh, to examine right our relationship, how things are going on. Does that make sense? And then what do I commit to to do once every four months? Right? Maybe I take a retreat. <laughs> Right, quarterly, annually. So in each of these areas, we're making commitments because as you know, uh, if you've engaged in some of these things, a lot of, uh, like Andy, right, he's been around enough, like retreating is part of his lifestyle. Like he enjoys it. He gets a lot out of it. Like we've, me and him have been on quite a few retreats. It is (laughs) life-giving, like to include that in my life. I go, I retreat without adding extra ones four times a year. Right, so I do that basically quarterly, right? And it adds great value to my life that I get away and I can be and God can deal with me because there's space in my life specifically for that. I've turned and said, God, have at it, <laughs> right? That's a practice, engaging and abiding with the Lord. That makes sense? You with me? Okay, all right. Uh, we'll come back to that, but I need you, that's helpful because that is what we want to get to. We're going to do a lot of work to be able to make some decisions to fill that chart in. That's our goal. Everybody feel comfortable with that? Okay. All right, so let's go back to the front um, of, the, of the sheet here. So the idea, right, of um, a rule is just order. So it'll say in here, the best way we think about this is like if you're familiar with like a a trellis, right? A trellis is something that we put up that a vine grows on. What happens if there's no trellis for the vine to grow on? It looks like Christmas tree lights, right? It's like, oh, that's that's actually kind of how I feel. (laughs) The vine of my life is not flourishing. It's not climbing, right? So the practice is, right, is the trellis and God will grow the vine, Right? If we will give him the trellis. Does that make sense? If we put trellis in our life. All right, so somebody read uh, that big black page. Uh, it starts with a good rule. Anglin priest, yeah, good. Right, so this is something, it's not like, okay, if I spend all this time, I got to follow this the rest of my life. It really is just, we're taking inventory, right, and we are making commitments to, hey, as I do this, you know, this year things change, schedules change, commitments change, you know, so that needs to be kind of loose, but you're making the commitment. And so uh, for it to do something. So we see the life categories, okay? So it's, it's, it, that'll pretty much cover everything. Now flip over to what would be the one, two, uh, third page, the next black page says seven core practices of the way. Okay, so these are gonna be, when, when you're uh, making your rule of life chart, like specifics of these are what is gonna make its way into your commitments, all right? after we do some other good work. So for instance, like silence and solitude is a practice that you need to figure out how to do, okay? 
This is something, all of these things are things that Jesus did or that uh, Old Testament saints modeled for us. They're not made up from, from anywhere. Um, so that, so like silence and solitude, if I want to do that weekly, right, then I'm writing. And again, there's ways to do that. But if I want to do something that's practicing silence and solitude, right, that that is a thing that I can add on my uh, uh, daily, weekly, monthly commitment list, okay? Scripture uh, or uh, intake of God's word, right, is going to be another practice. Prayer is going to be another practice. Fasting, we'll talk about uh, maybe that a little bit. Simplicity, right, why are our lives too complicated? What that does. Living in community, so not just being, so what does it mean to be a part of a community? And Sabbath, like I need to engage in those things and commit to those things, okay? So those are kind of categories of practices. Make sense? All right. All right, so, uh, so we're going to uh, next transition and give you some time to start kind of getting the juices flowing, okay? So for the next 30 minutes, all right, I want you to, um, to go and then to spend uh, time kind of reading through each of these and abiding, mind, body, relationships, rest, money, work, gospel, hospitality. So there's a little paragraph, okay, for each that's kind of explaining what that looks like. It'll give you some examples, but those are not exhaustive, okay? It'll give a baseline practice, and it'll give some questions for you to ask. I think the most important thing after you read through that is do kind of one of two things in the space provided. So number one is, do you have any current practice, however inconsistent, of things that you do that would possibly be feeding that? And ask yourself, do I just need to do that more consistently? Is that kind of part of the problem? Is that not like a, a commitment that I have been making, right? Um, the other thing is, you know, is brainstorming with the Lord. Lord, speak into my life. And then when we come back, because we'll come back and debrief and talk through some of these things to give some clarity. So this is kind of the first step in this, is for us to get some clarity about like, to ask, like, you're going to do this and you're going to have a ton of questions after you do this, okay? And so basically we'll talk through those questions as we kind of continue our journey for the weekend, all right? But really, uh, this is uh, going to be, um, this is really going to be you practicing silence and solitude, okay? You're going to go back and be quiet for someplace and you're going to let, like, the Lord speak into you as you ask these questions and as you're uh, and as you're answering them. So as before I dismiss you, is there any questions about what we're looking for? So we do not mess with that chart. Okay, that is not what we're doing. We're really just brainstorming. How am I doing in these areas? What is it talking about so that I have that? So for example, at the, at the bottom of the abiding uh, paragraph, <clears throat> what practices do you utilize to abide in the vine? So in John 15, and so to turn your attention to God all through your day. All right, so maybe we turn our attention to him for like 10 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes right at night and we fall asleep in the middle of prayer. And indexing your heart's affections toward receiving and giving his love, right? So this would be the, the reason of if you have a good friend that is life-giving to you, that points you to Jesus, that gives you truth, right? And you're like, oh, man, when we get... Every two months when I get an hour and a half with that friend, I've, I feel amazing because they are so life-giving. They are so encouraging to me. They are pointing me to Jesus, and it's just great. 
the expectation is like that is actually how we can feel after we spend time with the Lord. Okay? Just because you haven't felt like that doesn't mean it's that you can't. <laughs> but that is, the, that is what you can do. So what he's saying, so what the practice of abiding is, is like, so, so how can I do that better? And how can I do it more consistently? That makes sense? Doesn't necessarily mean longer. I don't need another date. I need the date to go better. Right? Is that track? Okay. All right. So 30 minutes. Come back at, I'll give you that five-minute warning, uh, 11.25. So 30 minutes.